You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening The best routes are the ones you haven't ridden. You could pedal the same loops year after year. Many people do, literally and figuratively. But to grow you need new new rides, risks. Turn down lanes you've long seen but never travelled. Get lost once or twice, then double back to where you started and try again. Live like this and you come to see unknown territory not as threatening, but as, entri- in, as intriguing. That's from Mark Remy, Bicycling Magazine, way back in 2001. coming down. Thank God you've got mud guards on. This is the Yarrabug Radio Show here at 3CR. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. Just a word, we're pre-recording this a couple of days before the Monday, so we can all get away and ride bikes, not horses. <laughs> Joining us uh, on the tan, or shall we say the social this morning, Alison McCormick. Good, well, good morning, Alison. Good morning, Val. And good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. What a day. Lovely. Perfect day to be riding a bicycle, <laughs> of course, down those long-lost roads. We've got a bit of a show up coming up today, but we'll be concentrating on chatting to Alison, who is the new CEO of Bicycle Network. But first off, we'll kick off with what we usually start the show off with, a lovely bike moment. Faith? Oh, I'm first. You're first. Okay. When I okay. can't think of what you go first. <laughs> um, I feel I've, my bike moments more recently have been mainly about cancelling things. My, um, I had two lovely four-day weekends planned, gravel riding up at Misha and another one uh, coming up, but my son broke his foot and that's um, all been put on hold. So my bike moment this week was booking a plane to Adelaide so I can do the Lavender Trail later in November once we're in the moon boot stage and I can leave. So that was, yeah. You've got to tell us now, the Lavender Ride is? The Lavender Trail's um, four days from 
Clare or somewhere near there to Murray Bridge. Ugh. It's um, country, little country roads. I think a lot of it's – I sort of assumed it was gravel, but it might not be. Um, but it's – and I think maybe 65 to 100 and something per day. Wow. Um, and it's quite well organised from uh, Adelaide. There's a bus that will take you and your bike to Clare, and then there's a bus at Murray Bridge that will take you back into the centre of Adelaide. So – Um, Even all those sort of organisational things with public transport and buses is worked out. So, fingers crossed, it's not another cancellation. (laughs) I've got low expectations so far. Anything that happens is good. I'm going to go from low expectations (laughs) to unrealistic high expectations, actually. Um, We've been very busy down at Second Chance Cycles. Mainly because we've got a lot of the um, uh, European kids doing a year off back again, backpackers, they're back in Melbourne. So we're we're getting rid of a fair few bikes. We're moving a few. But I had a bunch of uh, young fellows, uh, all about, God, they were all very tall young boys from uh, the Netherlands, and... They're going to ride to Sydney, and oh. Alison, the bikes we distributed at Second Chance Cycles, you <laughs> would have to have so much faith that this is going to get to Sydney. But it was just a great to see the, these young kids. Just They were up for anything, and they were getting a little bit organised, so obviously got a little bit more to do. But uh, Bicycle sorted, first thing. Bicycle sorted. Yeah, that's right. Hope. Yeah. Here's an unknown trail that I've never been down again. I'm going to ride to Sydney. That's David, wonderful. And it David, is. my coast supervisor, I said, well, are you going to recommend they go the coast way? Or are you going to <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just goes to show you, look, you really sometimes don't have to have anything completely special to ride anywhere. No. You can do a lot of riding on anything. But it was great to see this uh, – I suppose there's a touch of invincibility about them as well. <laughs> oh, and imagine the stories that are going to come out yes. of that oh, journey yeah, yeah. too with those bikes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It feels like we need to capture it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the the stories in all the little towns along the way who, who will talk for years about this bunch of kids who came through on these crappy oh, bikes no. and one of them had to be fixed and I gave them a new wheel and so-and-so did yeah. this. and yeah, Went to the farm shed and they pulled yeah. out their bike and I switched it yeah. up. Yeah. Let them sleep in the dairy. and <laughs> <laughs> So much fun. So much fun. Alison, you've got to tell us a little personal <laughs> bike moment to share with us. Yeah, I do, actually. Good. Well, I'll just talk about this morning riding to work. I think it's as the rains are coming down and there I am riding up. I ride up um, the St Kilda Road there and, you know, the bike path. It always gets photographed with no bikes in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this morning I can tell you I've got some photos and there's <laughs> the bike riders, nine of us, in yeah. the bike lane and there were two cars. So the bikes outnumbered the cars yeah. on this rainy morning, morning and peak hour. So I was delighted with that this morning. <laughs> and may it continue. It shall. It shall. And I would think, Alison, you're in a position to actually try and make sure it does happen. Well, let's hope so. You know, I am thrilled. I'm the new CEO of Bicycle Network and 
I'm passionate about getting people on bikes. My background is in the arts and before that in commercial, so quite different. But my hobby and part-time passion or full-time passion, I should say, is getting people on bikes and particularly passionate about getting women on bikes. So I try and help people, you know, get into the bike riding thing it can be a bit of a barrier how do you how do you get on the bike for the first time and it's a bit daunting in some in some ways I mean I guess I'm close to 50 now so when you started riding like how did you make that journey you know as a kid you always seem to ride and then there was a gap period and then getting back on the bike and yep. what is that journey like there's um I think it's a really interesting crossover, like you mentioned, being from the arts. And I'm thinking of maybe around 2006 to 2015, there was a lot of um, that bike culture where people from the arts and influenced by the arts um, set up organisations like the Squeaky Wheel, um, Melbourne Bike Festival, uh, Treadley Magazine. Film Festival. Film Festival, Andy at Fixo. All that sort of crossover where that creativity was invested in getting people to ride and we saw this lovely explosion. So maybe this is what the more formal advocacy needs. Maybe this it is this sort of lateral thinking. Yeah. I, I hear you and, and that's – bike riding is more than – just transport you know we know that we just talked about your travel experience (laughs) going to the lavender you know experience it from Clare Valley and that will involve food it'll involve so much more than just bike riding but it's health climate well-being arts it's it's about fun you know our role is to get people riding more regularly that that's bicycle network's vision and and I think it holds true like I'm still in my honeymoon period I think this is week nine and I'm going around listening to people so my first role was to to get into the organisation and listen and understand the people in the organisation, yeah. why they're there, you know, what motivates the team, and then what do they think Bicycle Network's doing well, what do they think Bicycle Network is not doing so well, and what should we do the whole start, stop and continue. And I caught up with everybody in the team, the volunteers. I've gone around and I've started externally as well, um, other stakeholders. And, and I'm hearing that, you know, Bike riding's fun. You know, our job's to get people on bikes and have fun. Like, that's yeah. it. And, and you know, we need to create that fun factor. And, and how we do that is through our behaviour change programs, getting people on bikes, you know, talking to all those people who are not our members. We Of course, we love our members and talk to our members, but we need to reach out to all the people who have just started riding in COVID or those people who are interested in riding but... they're not quite sure you know is it safety is it whatever but um i'm resoundingly hearing we need to do that and and we need to do that through increasing our advocacy as well but what does that look like you know what what does that look like Can, can we do it in a positive way um I heard one interview where you said we're going to put the network back into Bicycle Network. <laughs> so what does that look like? That's exactly what it looks like. I, I It's talking to people and it's yeah. reconnecting. And um, I had to do my first CEO report. Um, we had our board meeting on Monday and, and – 
you know, none of these ideas are mine. I'm just going to say, like, everyone's rich, full of ideas, and everybody yep. else have got these great ideas. And it was a team member, and and um, he said, I don't know if I should name. I'm sure it'd be embarrassed <laughs> if I did. Luke, Luke said, you know, we've got to put the network back in bicycle yep. network, and I've just coined the phrase because. It's true. We've got to get out there and out in the community. And um, from all of these internal conversations, we had our all-team day on Monday, um, which was to talk about this. And then we all put it to democratic vote. What should we What should we start doing? And um, the themes, I mean, I haven't come back to our board yet, so I've got to be a bit careful. <laughs> um, but the theme was this, get out in the community, you know, be a presence. Potentially, we haven't been as... We do great stuff, but um, maybe we haven't been as out there as we should do. So I am connecting. I've been meeting with organisations, bike organisations to start with. I caught up with Amy Gillett Foundation. I've caught up with RACV. Yeah. I've caught up with the Minister, Minister Carroll. You know, we're getting these meetings and it's starting these conversations. I had a great Vic Health CEO um, this week with Sandro. And it's just we've got to get out there and get our messages yeah. out there. And that's what it's about. Yeah. Founded in 1975, so it, look, it's a long history, and I think ships they can get a bit, a little bit like battleships at some stage. They're comfortable in where they are, and you're now reaching a point where actually you probably have to change course a little bit. I think you know we we really need to look at what we're doing. I'm also reconnecting with. Um, People, people who have been in the organisation or started up in the organisation because I think the ship has taken a few different directions. So I've also, we had a past president's um, kind of catch-up with all the Bicycle Network oh, cool. past yeah, presidents. Yeah. It was great. We re-engaged with some presidents that haven't been involved in Bicycle Network yeah. for a long time. Charlie Fadden is one that yeah. she's, yeah, yeah. she's incredible. Like we have this incredible <laughs> person yeah, who yeah. was deep roots in our organisation yeah. who... Is just such an inspiration, and we need yeah. to reconnect back to the connection. You know, yeah. um, I also caught up with our CEO Harry Barber um, last week, and it's just great to get these insights. And you're right, I'm listening to where the ship should be steering, and and also how do we steer it in a direction and pick up on the now factor too, because. I was fortunate in my break between um, my last job and this job to actually go overseas and spend a bit of time in Europe. No. What's happening over there is amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I rode in Paris with my husband and yeah. we were just like, you couldn't get the grin off our faces. It, it is just incredible what's happening over there. Yeah. How do we, how do we get networked and get those learnings and, and those messages to the people that we need to, you know, and, and it goes without saying we need to reconnect with the bugs as well. And I know that that will, might be on the agenda of this conversation too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you You're know, listening to the Yellow Bug Radio. You're here, <laughs> but, you're here Alice. But <laughs> I think, you know, it's not saying we've always done a great job in the past We've got challenges, of course. You know, yeah. every, everyone's got challenges. Our, you know, we do events, and people see us as quite event focused. I think yeah. as well. Um, and the messaging I'm hearing, you know, just reframing that. You know, like we do these events to be here to do advocacy, yeah. to do behaviour change, to get kids on bikes, to to get people who can't otherwise get on bikes yeah. on bikes, you know, and and we need to, as an organisation, have a good look at that. Yeah, and I presume, I'm, you know, for the way I can see it, there's a tendency then to, I've got to say, there's a, 
the tendency then is to focus on events and sport, uh, sporting cycling without focusing too much on actually a lot of the things that are really important, uh, either in a city or out of city um, cycleways, and the idea that actually we have to drive change through stop driving cars, and part of that is promoting a much safer and more appealing uh, uh, places where people will want to ride. Absolutely. I mean, the, the stat that just echoes in my... Well, there's two things. Our population's growing, right? So there's there's no more roads. You know, no. the roads are done. Yeah. We, we've got the roads in place. So, so we really need to reframe that for people who are driving cars to yeah. to say listen what's in it for you this bike riding caper what, what's in it for you what's in it for them yeah. is that 50 percent of people now i'm still learning my stats but i think i read that 49 percent of people are driving a car for less than 4.2 k's yep yep like hello. and, and that. that's always been the case and it's not changed it's, you know, everyone talks about, oh, we do these big distances, but we don't. No. Yeah. I mean, that's number one. So I went to a um, St Kilda West Residents Association the other night. I'm trying to get out and about. Um, and one of the things was like, oh, yeah, these bike lanes, you know, the usual. And, and I said, you know, our our job is to to take that, that traffic out. You know, yeah. like we've yeah. got to... We've got to take out those less than 5K yeah. bike rides and create this, you know, community-focused um, thing where you can travel, you can get to everywhere you need to in your 20 minutes. I know that that's a government policy. Um, but if we took that noise out of your traffic, you know, you as a potentially senior person who can't ride a bike, well, you can get from A to B because the reality is the population's growing and that luxury of just jumping in your car with yeah. no traffic isn't a reality and it's not because of bike riders. It's because of population growth and our car-centric. Yeah. And our, our yeah. cheap petrol and our bad fuel exactly. economies and everything yeah. else, yeah, and yeah. That, which actually is really starting to bite people now. We've had now discovered particulate matter in the embryos of of, of people's, you know, in an mm. embryo. This yeah. is pollution actually yeah. going straight through your system, crossing that barrier. And it's transport accessibility because we assume everyone can has the option of driving a car, yeah. but yeah, a lot of disabled people aren't able to. A lot of people with epilepsy, legal blindness, if you're too young, you're... You know, if you're 10 or 12, you're, you might want to get around by yourself, but you can't drive. Yeah. Um, a lot of elderly people and then increasingly people can't afford it. So it's, there's a big chunk of people who could this, if there was a safe way to get around by bike, it gives, it gives them one more mobility option that so isn't true. there otherwise. And, and it's a good point. I was speaking to um, Shez Voigt. She's um, down in Mornington, um, you know, and they're looking down there and wanting to extend the trail down there. But they've done a great little campaign just called Take Two. And um, But she was telling me that she goes around and speaks in public forums and she says, well, imagine, imagine if that ability to drive a car was taken away from you. What would your life look like then? Yeah. And I thought that that was a really good lens to yeah. place over you know, a situation where, well, you can't drive a car. What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. But it's also, like you mentioned, there's – it doesn't have to be about what if you can't. There's we, – we know people who travel by bike are happier. We know yeah. children who get to school by bike 
it has more impact on their learning than having breakfast. We know people are healthier mm-hmm. and, and it builds community. So there's a lot of other reasons besides... Um, yeah, I mean, well, I've, my own life has been so enriched by riding a bike. I lived overseas for a good six years, came back unhealthy, unfit. And I was like, I just... I would just like to get fit again. And I did do it for sport. Um, however, like it just soon turned into this community. You yeah. Know? And, and every day you have a conversation, well, I do, on, on the commute on the way to work yeah. to the fellow bike, bike rider who's at the lights. It's yeah, like, yeah. hey, how are you? You know, and, yeah. you know, today you're very righteous because you're riding in the rain. And you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> look at us, aren't we great? But it's just, it's, what a start to your morning. Yeah. I'm going to have a little break. We'll be back with a bit more bicycle smugness just soon (laughs) after this message. Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. You're listening to the Arabug Radio Show. We're here with Alison McCormack, the new CEO of Bicycle Network. And Alison, we've talked a lot about the big picture at Bicycle Network, but... Um, Let's talk now about the Great Vic bike ride because I think that's coming up fairly soon. It sure is. It's coming up on the 26th of November. And, I mean, the Great Vic bike ride is our iconic bike ride. Is that Charlie Farron's legacy? It certainly was. (laughs) Yes, yes. Big shout out to Charlie. And and she is just great. I was talking to her about it. And she's like, you know, the Great Vic bike ride, it's always had something on it that you can't otherwise do. Like this, yeah. this was, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, and that was for around the bay as well, wow. because you can ride, you know, around the west, over the Westgate yeah. Bridge, or you know, and I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. So this year, of course, um, we're going from Koroit through to Bunningong. So it's nine days from the 26th of November, or there's a five day option, which is the first section from Koroit down to Apollo Bay, I think, and then or there's a three day section from Apollo Bay to Bunningong. I might have need to say Anglesey there I'm not quite sure but sorry about that um but it's just it's iconic and this year you get the Great Ocean Road portion without traffic so that's really the thing you can't otherwise do and I mean it's just it's a great event it's a camping event it's the festival it's everything we're talking about on your lavender ride faith it's just that nine days um the difference here is that we will take your luggage and, and go from campsite to campsite and then you you travel along on that route and there's yeah. the beautiful food you know there's all these great small country towns with great food options and each night there's you know some bands and yoga and what have you relaxation to get you through the day and you have a chat about what happened that day and then move on to the next town it's great and i know a lot of people do the ride and and especially like you know when my son was at school a lot of schools like to plan it for the end of the year how many people are on it these days well there's about we targeted over the three 
different distances. We targeted 3,500. We are seeing a drop in that post-COVID. Yep. We did do a little Vic early on in the year, and maybe that is impacting, but yeah. we're, we're probably looking at about two and a half. So I think some of those schools, a lot of school kids come on the ride, and, and that rhythm and flow has, yep. has kind of – it needs a motivated teacher. And yep. It needs, you know, to, to – Band those kids together. So a lot of the differences are the kids, but we've still got two and a half thousand people. So we'll be looking at how we can re-engage the yeah. kids. And I mean, I've got a dream that too, how can we also get kids on the ride that otherwise might not be able to get on the ride? Can we, can we go out to some corporates to say, hey, listen, why don't you do something great and yeah. um, have a corporate membership with us and also Bond get a the... bunch of kids on the ride that can't afford the price tag. No. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a dream for 2020, <laughs> 2023. Yeah. And it's such an iconic event. And I'm not sure, well, you've had this experience, but parents who I've spoken to whose kids have been on the Great Vic say it's really formative for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know it, this is nine days where, you know, a, a kid in their, you know, maybe in their early teens or whatever age actually has to, you know, get up and ride each day. And, yep. and it's good distance, you know, from 65 to 100 kilometres. Yep. You know, you have to wash your plate, you know, do you think it like it's it's actually quite structured. Pack and, up your tent. Yeah. Pack up make sure you get it on the right truck. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you're not sleeping the next night. <laughs> Bunk. And and it's like we were talking about the the kids riding to Sydney. There's adventures. There's the friend who's tent broken he had to bunk in with you like there's always the stories that yeah come out yeah. of it and, and it's just so it's just got such deep roots and and i can't mention the great vic without mentoring mentioning our volunteer network yep. on yep. the great vic the team of volunteers are incredible they are the heart and the soul of the ride we are just so yep. like lucky and honored to have this bunch of people who who are they're every year putting in to put this event on. Yeah. Friend of mine, hard and tough. Bit of a <laughs> asshole, actually. <laughs> He's probably on the morning wake-up. <laughs> His greatest thing every year was being a Warby. He yes. came back... Um, rejuvenated. It was like his his, his, his nine days at the spa to, you know, yes. but obviously worked incredibly hard. But um, it was interesting. It really, it was his thing. It was, you know, this was how he gave back. And that's what yeah. volunteering's about. Um, yeah, and it's wonderful. And, and, and I think that that's really important that we continue the tradition of the Great Vic and, and you know, build the, the education piece up. I think for yeah. kids it's really formative and, and, you know, it shows you can, hey, travel on a bike. Uh, uh, Alison, the, you know, the, not the ordinary question, where do you see it? In a couple of years' time, I'm going to put you on a timeline here. I know you've probably got objectives you want to reach and things you want to see, and you're probably still, as you said, just listening. Yeah, look, I am. and and But in that listening, I'm finding some wise counsel as well. Um, another person who gets a special men mention is a lady called Jane Nathan, and she's um, used to head up the state cycling strategy back in the 90s. Yeah. And uh... this Jane is incredible. And, and she did turn around to me and said, 
Alison, like we'll say, Alison, what's going to be your legacy? You know, you need to nail this down. You, yeah. you need to decide what what the legacy of Bicycle Network is. And, I, and I've been thinking about that and I'm like, that's, that's a really good question because I'm thinking about great ideas and strategy, but, but if you had a choice, what would it be? Yeah. And I'm, I'm really thinking about that space. I'm yeah. still listening, but, you know, the feel is clearly connectivity, like connected bike paths and safe. You know, you've got to you, – you can't let go of that. I think the whole – electrification of bikes is something you know there's something in that no, something yeah. big. Yep. There, there, there's something you know this adds longevity to your bike riding you know when when i said we mentioned it's went to Europe, that threshold to start it, it just totally flattens it for people yeah, yeah it, it's there this is big you yeah, know yeah, and, yeah. Oh, no, and, no, yeah yeah and I went. I was invited to a forum with Zoe Daniel's office, which is down in Goldstein. She's great. Um, just yep. invited in. It was electric vehicle, which of course the federal federal budget was announced yesterday. It's all about electric vehicles, not electric bikes, which we need to start getting in there. But this this conversation was the bike, the car. People saying, "Oh, very slow, early adopters." Mm. And I'm like, "Well, it's opposite with the electric bikes. This, yeah. this is things yeah. gone. You know, like yeah. it's bolted. You know, people yeah. are adopting it. There's no barrier there." And I think that should be the topic of our next show when you come on, Alison. Great, I'd because like we've it. we've actually run out of oh, time. Sorry. So no, that's, no, that's great. These are uh, <laughs> well. I'll come back. I'd love to come back. I would look. There are so many big things about those things, and you can't just in case you can't remember when to get onto the Great Victorian Bike Ride. I'll play the sting at the end of the show. Thank Very you. thank you, Alison, for coming along. Faith, as always. Great contribution, and here we go. <laughs> Thanks, Val and Faith. Australia's most iconic bike riding holiday, the Great Vic Bike Ride, is on from Saturday 26th of November to Sunday 4th of December. This rolling bike festival will have you pedalling along the beautiful Great Ocean Road, through the Otways and Golden Plains. Tickets include all meals, a camping spot, luggage transfers, daily entertainment and more. Sign up at www.greatvic.com.au Use promo code 3CR to get 10% off. Great Vic Bike Ride, a 3CR supporter. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.